Good afternoon and welcome to the show. You know what? It's uh, it's always an interesting week. I think that, uh, you know, really not a lot to talk about when we talk about sales right now. Sales are down, volumes down, uh, prices not too bad, a little bit of a shakeup, of course. But uh, a lot of things that we can talk about when we look at real estate as a whole. Uh, right now, vacancy, by the way, for Toronto commercial so people that are trying to get businesses uh, going head offices things like that we're about as low as it could possibly get it is unbelievable right now um, so as far as I mean it's almost around residential and when we t talk about vacancies one of the things that people have to understand is that we've got one of the lowest vacancy rates right now in the world when it comes down to Toronto for residential so I know for the, some of you that are out there trying to find an apartment it's been very difficult and we're watching landlords increase the rents to a certain number but when we talk about commercial they're kind of struggling the same way there is just no inventory and it's making it very very difficult to find something but in the same breath, when we talk about sales, Toronto is still the fastest cooling real estate market in Canada. Right now, uh, volume is down by a fair bit, and we don't have the stats for June, but I'm going to tell you that I don't think the prices are going backwards anymore, but I think what we're going to do is we're going to see volume to be way, way down. Now, one of the things, though, that everybody had blamed in this marketplace, and I want to clarify a few percentages here for you. When we talk about the greater Toronto real estate area, there was a study that was finally done to figure out how many people own that are non-residents of Canada. And the total ownership, so this is what they do, is they go to land titles, they figure out where do people get their taxes sent, okay? They figure out where their mailing address is, they figure out where, where they reside. And at the end of the day, in the greater Toronto area, 2.63% of people that own in the real estate market non-residents only 2.63 percent again that is not a huge number when you think of the size of the city and the size of the just the sheer volume um, so again looking at these numbers that's a really small number in comparison to what a lot of people thought a lot of people thought that there was so much foreign ownership here and they were controlling most of the rental market so this number I'm glad to see it come out um, and again it will dispel some of the myths out there about that, uh, you know, this huge foreign ownership, not as much as we first thought. Now, a couple other things. CMHC says 55% of Toronto and Vancouver real estate buyers were in a bidding war. Yeah, no kidding. Last year, they don't have anything right now because right now the bidding wars have fallen off, but 55% of all transactions were in bidding wars. Again, not a number that we're really shocked at. And it's kind of funny. Why are they sending all this stuff out to us a year later? You know, could they not have kept us up to date a little bit sooner? I guess not. You know what? They're they're just a little bit slow. Maybe, hey, maybe they all have long weekends. Um, so one of the things that the other report said, and this is one of the ones that I thought I would just talk about for a second, is Canadians believe foreign buyers are inflating real estate prices. Again, old news, but yet they keep making these headlines come out almost to kind of stir the pot. So right now the Bank of Canada is uh, you know, sitting on the thought of maybe or maybe not increasing the interest rates come July. I would tell them not to, but you know, they're not sure based on, of course, our 
crazy clown from the south and some of the issues with NAFTA. And we've got to figure out what's going to go on. And so right now, who knows where the economy is going? We could get stagnant. We could hit a recession depending on the results of NAFTA and the trade and some of the tariffs that he's been throwing at us. So we'll wait and see. But let's talk about real estate agents for a second. Of course, being a real estate show, we should talk about realtors. And some of you cringe when I talk about you. Others sit there and say, hey, great. You know what? He's telling you the truth. But let's talk about about if you're going to hire a realtor and I'm going to I'm going to actually preface this by saying this is more important now than it was 15 months ago so when we were hitting that market the stride of the market in 20 late 2015 into 2016 and into part of 2017 you could get away with making a bad decision on a realtor because most homes were selling themselves. And I know a lot of you are saying, they're saying, hang on, Todd, you're not giving us credit for what we do. No, I didn't say you would get good negotiation. I'm just simply saying that your house was selling. But now, as markets turn, you know what? You find that your houses are going to stay on a lot longer. Then you've got to make sure you hire the right realtor. First and foremost, one thing I will tell you, hire a full-time professional realtor with experience. Okay. Do you really want to put training wheels on your house for the first time seller of a property? Probably not. So let's take a look at some of the other things that you should do. Make sure you meet with several agents. Okay. Before you choose one. Now you may have a friend or family member. I don't always encourage this. I think that you could make a mistake. Sometimes people will concede to certain things, maybe not agree with the negotiation style, maybe not agree with the price, but you're doing it out of a relationship. Your relationship should be a professional relationship with your realtor. You should be able to respect each other. And at the same time, understand that you are both setting out for the same goal. Remember, we're talking about selling. We're not talking about buying. We're talking about selling next. One of the things that you should focus on is your agent should be an uh, an expert on local market. In other words, if you want to sell your house in Mississauga, don't hire the Pickering expert. And again, a lot of agents will sit there and say, hang on, I can work all neighborhoods. Yes, but you don't know everything in that neighborhood. Going with the person that is local, knowing that marketplace, this is so important. And I'm going to encourage everybody again, local knowledge is key. You know what? Make sure your agent can work around your schedule. If they keep telling you, oh, sorry, they're too busy to meet with you. And they keep pushing you around as far as time, probably not going to work well for you when A, an offer comes in or B, something else happens during the listing and you need some assistance. Very, very important. Um, if you can't get in touch, number four, if you, if you can't get in touch with the agent and you call and leave several messages and they return your call 24 or 48 hours, guess what? Don't go with them. If they can't pick up the phone and have a conversation with you, if you email them, if they don't respond, these are people that you do not want to represent your greatest asset. Um, pick a realtor who's tech savvy. You know what? One of the reasons why I think this is important is that knowing how to make sure everything is up in the big bad web is important. Making sure everything's loaded into the MLS system uh, is very important. Make sure they understand it. You know, you don't want somebody to turn around and say, yeah, I have no idea. I'm not sure what we need to do here. Um, you know what? Make sure they have a marketing plan, a presentation plan. If they do open houses, how they're going to conduct them, make sure they have a plan. If they come in and they start asking you questions, say, well, do, do you want this? No, they should know exactly what it's going to take to sell that home. And if they don't, then perhaps you've got the wrong agent. 
And most importantly, make sure you get uh, a, a decent connection or a relationship. N understanding and respecting each other is going to be very important during this transaction. There's going to come a stressful time where you have to make a decision, yay or nay, on an offer. And you want them to be, you know, looking out for your best interest. It cannot just be, well, yeah, just take it leaving something on the table or not listening to your wishes. So those are just a couple of tips that if you're going to be listing your property, especially now, this is where we need to make sure we focus on professional people in the industry. It's so very, very important. Now, uh, a couple of other things I want to have a quick chat with you about. Uh, of course, uh, The Simple Investor, thesimpleinvestor.com. We've got some new releases that are going to be released this summer. Uh, I want everybody to be excited. At the end of July, we've got two new releases that are coming up. So you, if you uh, aren't on our list, make sure you send us an email and keep your eyes open. Um, also to announce uh, one of our latest uh, training seminars that are coming up in the fall, uh, it's going to be teaching people how to be their actual landlord. That's right. Uh, even though the simple investor makes you avoid being a landlord, you are are an investor when we open up our uh, our next group of seminars it's going to actually teach you how to um, be your own landlord and what to do what rules to follow and a lot of the you know pitfalls that you could fall into so we've all got that all coming up in the in the fall but of course the biggest announcement will be this summer uh, with two new releases coming up. Very, very exciting stuff. And for those of you that don't know about what we do, um, our investment uh, portfolio, you can turn around and have full titled ownership and we are technically your tenant and we manage the existing tenancy and you do absolutely no work. You don't have to worry about any uh, phone calls throughout the middle of the night. You do no repairs. And the most important thing is, is that we make sure that you get your rent every single month. Um, la our latest release that just came out in, we in Welland, we sold out, but uh, townhouses at 144.900 and with positive cash flow. So to give you an idea that price range well that's what our next two releases will be representing come the end of July so make sure you go to the website on a regular basis to get your updates we're gonna be very excited about these new releases and uh, I believe our investor base are going to be as well so again simpleinvestor.com uh, a couple other things just to kind of give you a, a few notes on what to expect summer's gonna be quiet it's gonna be a little bit slower if you've got your house on the market be patient uh, if you're if your agent's telling you that you should do a price reduction, you may want to consider doing a cancellation relist, make it look fresh, change up the description, because people that have been out looking have already seen your property on the MLS. So make sure you uh, make sure you keep everything fresh. I think it's so important that you do this. Uh, you, we want to excite people about a house. And um, on my next show, I'm going to be talking about being a buyer and how to hire a buyer's agent. That's right. They are different. They're a different breed, different animal, and you want to make sure that you've got the best representation. If you come walking into an open house and you meet the listing agent, can they represent you as a buyer? They can. It's called dual agency, double ending. Dual agency can also be if you are, if the company is representing um, both the buyer and seller, uh, two different agents from the same brokerage. But uh, we'll talk more about that. Um, so I'm really excited about my guests this hour, by the way. Mark Wiseletter, uh, he is a real estate lawyer. He's going to be joining me uh, after the break. And we're going to be talking about all sorts of things, especially the marijuana grow ups and marijuana being legalized, what it's going to do to real estate. And then my special guest is the mayor of Mississauga, 
the Honorable Bonnie Crombie will be joining me and can't wait to have Bonnie on the show. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Joining me in the studio now is Mark Wiseletter. He is a real estate lawyer. Uh, you've heard him here on the show several times. And Mark, great to have you back. It's great to be here, Todd. Thank you. You know, um, one of the things that uh, we've been seeing a lot in the news, of course, is the legalization of marijuana. So I do want to talk to you about that today. All the ramifications that are going to happen. Um, also, we're going to talk a little bit uh, later about um, reverse mortgages, seniors, you know, what's going on there and of course condominiums how are they getting prepared for the legalization of marijuana so lots to talk about I know you're a very busy man you're always meeting with all the different real estate boards giving them legal advice and of course you have your own uh, your own company that uh, you have real estate lawyers that actually come to the actual seller or buyer that's that's incredible stuff by the way yeah, and, uh, you know, as we hit the end of June now, you can imagine how busy it is at the office right now and uh, uh, closing deals. And it's like one of the busiest this week, uh, the, uh, the last week of June has been one of the busiest weeks uh, of the year. So you're trying to juggle all of that, uh, client issues, problems, and uh just getting all the deals done so that people can move in before this long weekend. Yeah, you know, that's actually a great point, uh, Mark, and, and maybe we can just touch on that for a second. When you and I talked last year, of course, we were talking about some of the situations that actually happened right around now where people had bought values, had gone down, hadn't secured financing right away, went to go get financing and they didn't get financed as much as they hoped. You know, I, I, I know you were able to do a bit of a dance for some of your clients, you guys, you know, a few extensions here and there, maybe a little, you know, give or take, but um, are we seeing the same issues this year or is it, uh, I, th I think the market has normalized so much that you don't have as much to worry about. Uh, it, things are a little bit better. I think where people are still getting caught is if let's say they bought a new home from a builder about 15 months ago. You know, new homes usually yep. have a 15-month build cycle. Those people are still finding it very difficult to close their deals now because prices have fallen from 15 months ago. But if you made a resale deal within the last two to three months, in general, these deals are closing. But I still want to warn people about buying and selling on the same day because yeah, if, yours, <laughs> if your own buyer needs a one-day extension, you're on a moving truck yeah. with no place to go. And imagine if this happens on the Friday before the long weekend, uh, you have no place to go for the whole long weekend. So yep. other than that, yep. uh, the market is because it's more stable, at least we're finding we're able to get the deals done. Yep. So I think you're, what you're suggesting is more like a bridge for a lot of people and make sure that the home that you're purchasing closes, um, you know, uh, probably a little bit early. So then your house you got to move out to, you know, for sure you've got possession. That's right. Even if you close a day or two early, you get all the money from the bank. It doesn't cost that much in interest for two days. Sure. But then you can move in quietly. And then if, for example, your sale does need to be extended a day or two, the buyer will pay your cost. So it's a much less stressful way to get it done 
if you can arrange it. Yeah, well, you know what? Listen, I, I got to tell you, you look so much more relaxed than you did last year about this time. I know I know when you and I had our conversation, you're pulling out your hair because there was a lot of things going on in the marketplace, you know, and it wasn't just yourself and your and your company. You were you know, telling me that a lot of the lawyers are finding that, you know, the people were struggling to meet the closings. They were asking for even VTB, so vendor take back mortgages, a little, ex, you know, extensions, all this. So I'm glad I'm glad we're past that. But, you know, right now, looking at the marketplace, you know, we're we're kind of normalizing a little, but we're our, our sales are down a lot. So are you still finding it busy out there? You know, because we offer the service that we go to the client's home to sign the papers, you don't have to deal with traffic, parking. You don't have to miss any work. We come to you seven days a week up till midnight at your convenience. We're finding that we are still busy because you have to just like everybody you got to offer more service to clients in order to keep them happy and keep them loyal and that's what we're finding and so now we just have to deal with typical closing problems you know my oven's not working i had a great one there's a strange man living in my basement (laughs) Uh, so you know what you have to deal with those things but at least the deals are closing yeah well that's good um i want to talk to you about seniors because you and i actually um you know when we were just chatting earlier we were talking about um, seniors and and the fact that there's two things that are happening with some some are doing reverse mortgages and they're really you know they're really not taking benefit of the true equity that's sitting there and then you know we talked about the fact that maybe a senior turns around and sells uh, their property but they become a tenant and you know I said I uh, when we talked about it I said that's a little problematic because the idea of a senior willing to spend four or five thousand dollars a month rent to carry that mortgage that that investor bought that's a tough one so you know what what do you think i mean where where do where do people free up money it's a it's a it's a it's a uh, argument that people have had for a long time the, the main issue with the reverse mortgage is you're not going to get that much equity out of your property so yes let's say the property is worth a million pay. yeah you may get 35 percent right you know and uh equity and then the interest will just keep multiplying and you may lose all your equity eventually. In other words, your estate will not see any money right. if you live there uh, you know, for the rest of your life. Whereas if you sell the property to an investor, uh, you get full price, 100% right. yep. price. You get all your money out. Tax-free because it's your principal residence. Yep. And then you say, okay, I'm going to be a tenant here for the rest of my life. And uh, you sign a long-term lease. I've done these deals before where you you sign a long-term lease. And then there's the question of the rent, because you're right. For an elderly person, they're not used to maybe the amount of rent they'll have to pay to satisfy an investor. But if you're in a home, perhaps seven, eight hundred thousand dollar value up till there, there's usually what I call a sweet spot where there's enough money to keep remember look what the elderly uh, seller gets they get money that they could pay for health care right stay where they're living maybe fix up the place a little you know with the proper uh things they need to deal with steps yep. uh and, and at the same time they could perhaps give some of their money away to their children you know in advance so i think that there's 
more to it than that and people should explore all their options i get people calling me about this all the time yeah you know i think maybe if um if they turn around and and they make part and parcel of the deal that they sign a lease at the time that they're doing the agreement of purchase and sale that they actually get a reduced rent because you know if you're selling a million dollar home you know basically to cover all your expenses with 20 percent down as an investor you know in today's marketplace you're basically looking at 4500 to five thousand dollars carrying charge per month i don't think seniors would look at that in a favorable position, especially if they're looking for 10 years. I mean, that's a half a million dollars. If they just maintain their house as is, maybe they're $1,500 a month. I think it depends on the investor too, Todd, because you know, a lot, for a lot of investors, they're saying, who's my tenant? Well, here's a tenant, a family that's looked after that house very well for maybe 20, 30 years, and they want to continue looking after that house. I think for an investor, that gives a lot of comfort. Yeah. Plus, there's provisions that, let's say, the, the, the couple want to leave and move into a retirement home because their circumstances change in a few years. You can build that in, and I think the investors sort of count on that too, yeah. that when they make their deal, that will happen down the road now that these people have all their money. And so I think it, it ends up being a good solution for a lot of people. Alrighty. Well, listen, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, Mark, I do want to talk to you about the legalization of marijuana, the effect it's going to have on real estate. So stay with us. We'll be right back with Mark Weisletter. And welcome back. My guest in the studio right now is Mr. Mark Weisletter. He is a real estate lawyer, and we just had an uh, interesting conversation uh, about seniors and what they can do to free up equity in their property. So remember, you can always go to my SoundCloud at News Talk 1010 and uh, listen to our discussion if you missed. Uh, Mark, uh, one of the biggest things, of course, coming up as we, uh, as we sit here on Canada Day weekend, Mr. Trudeau didn't quite get it legalized uh, the day that he won. It for I think I think I think he was really shooting for Canada Day, but we do know that um, we're going to see the legalization of marijuana. There is a huge rippling effect in real estate. There's so much talk about it. You know, um, you know. First of all, what is your take on it uh, when we talk about real estate? Well, I understand, uh, and there are a lot of social issues, and I don't want to comment on the social issues, whether the addiction, driving impairment, and all the other stuff that comes with, sure. with uh, legalizing this. But just from a real estate standpoint, there are a lot of issues because of uh, what the uh, smoking of marijuana will do regarding uh, your neighbor in an apartment building, the nuisance that it's going to cause, the damage it might cause um, if it's an improper grow facility, mold behind the walls. And then you have to deal with insurance companies. Do they have problems with this? Lenders, are they gonna have problems with this? What do realtors and sellers have to disclose when they're selling a property like this? So there's yeah. a lot of issues related to real estate. Perfect, and I'm glad you brought that up because I'm gonna put on my realtor's cap for a second. I haven't worn it in a little while, it still fits. <laughs> um, but you know, when uh, when I was selling real estate, actually I, um, in the past, had sold a lot of uh, marijuana grow-ups for the banks that had taken them power of sale. And these were riddled with mold uh, to the point where almost impossible to get clean air report. Now, what the government is suggesting is that you are allowed to grow four plants inside a house. What will be the designation of a marijuana grow up? 
is there a number of plants or is the fact that there are plants growing and you know there is some form of heat and moisture that can be taken out from these plants where where does it stop i mean you know let, let's put it this way people ha people will grow you know i guess herbs and 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 lettuces in in a little window box kind of thing um is this really the same thing or is it the fact that you know it's marijuana well they're selling all of these kits you know, some are selling tents because even though the limit is four plants per residence, not four plants per person, okay. it's four plants per residence. Okay. They have not yet determined in Ontario, uh, for example, whether residence will include your garden in the backyard. Okay. You see, under the federal law, it will, but every province has to decide that. We don't know yet right. uh, whether that's going to be allowed outside or what safeguards is it a greenhouse is it just open air sure so four plants can be quite large there's they were going to put a one meter height restriction but they took that out okay. and so you can imagine four plants i've seen some of these plants they can be quite large right. and so it's very hard to determine when four plants can actually cause damage to a home if it's not proper because you need proper sure. electrical you need proper ventilation Yep. And who, who's going to monitor all of this when it's built? Well, you know, and this is, again, putting on the realtor's hat for a second. So let's say you've got a property listed for sale. And let's say somebody has openly started growing the plants. You walk through it. You see it. You identify it. You know, should there be a disclosure by realtors that, yes, there has been, you know, and, and again, we use the limit uh, of four, but there has been marijuana grown in the property. Should that be disclosed? In my opinion, you know, you get into the law of what is a defect. Uh, a yep. If the plants uh, are there uh, yeah, and you defect, can yep. see them, yep. then it doesn't have to be disclosed. But if the plants have just been removed right. and they were there, uh, because unless somebody knows for sure that sure. those plants have not caused any mold behind the walls, if somebody has done testing, yep. then to me, remember, mold behind walls is a material latent defect that sure. needs to be disclosed. And so I think more when I write about this and I help people with their offers it's more about the buyer uh buyers putting in clauses in contracts going forward saying that the seller represents that there has been no even yep. legal uh plant growing in their home prior to the sale yeah full disclosure so then let's talk about the condominiums because this is a hot hot topic um as everybody knows we do a lot of management of condominiums for our investors and our investment properties and at this time um you know condominiums are taking a look at their bylaws and rules and regs and they're changing them quickly before things get legalized where where do you see this path going with condominiums if you uh, you're a condominium board you have three ways to try to deal with something like this number one you could do nothing and just rely on the law that says people are not allowed to commit a nuisance. Right. And if a marijuana plant is bothering neighbors, that's a nuisance. So you can go after people just under the law. Number two, you could change the declaration. Declarations, when they say no, yep. it's no. The problem with that, you need 80% of the owners to change a declaration. Right. And I've, I've seen that there's a brand new building being constructed right now that and they're putting it in right, no right smoking yep, right yep. in the declaration. Yep, it, yep. Once it's there, that ain't coming out. Yep, yep. Um, so that's two. But the most common, what I'm seeing, is the change to the rules, yep. where they're changing the rules to basically say no smoking, 
uh, no marijuana, no cannabis, yep. no growing of uh, cannabis plants, yep. no deliveries to the con- like. Think about it. Who's going to uh, accept the deliveries? You really want your yep. concierge to be your dealer <laughs> in the condominium? So you're going to have to cover all of this in the rules. And I'm seeing condominiums do this before this becomes law in October. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought it up. And now, because it's legalized, there's no really, like these companies will deliver direct. But one of the things that we are implementing is that we would say no combustibles. So basically, it will turn most condominiums into non-smoking environments, uh, both from a cigarette or a combustible, uh, you know, marijuana, uh, however they're consuming it. Um, it doesn't change if it's an edible form. Uh, it's very hard to manage that. Um, so again, there's some, you know, legal ramifications I'm pretty sure you and I are both going to start seeing some cases pop up when this starts to come into fruition. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. Come October, I think, uh, you know, I think each province is going to have to figure out how they're going to handle this. I think each real estate board is going to have to figure out how they do their disclosures. Um, Mark, just in, 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 in you know, uh, closing, I would say, uh, or one of the things is, um, you know, what about, yeah, so good good point. So leases. Okay, what a, can can a landlord put this in a lease? Yes, yeah, so I've developed a clause. I've did, I've done my own landlord guide, which people uh, call me about always. But I've developed a clause to go into every residential lease, and it should be going in right now. That says no smoking, no cannabis, no growing, harvesting of any cannabis plant. It's legal to put in even in the new Ontario government lease. Which I was you just going to say, so yeah. did the government approve it? Because you know how they, they implemented yeah, their new they've lease. They've changed things, but they still said you can put in clauses that are legal. This is legal to put in. Okay. And so as far as I'm concerned, if somebody signs a lease that says they will not smoke marijuana and they right. will not grow a plant, that would be grounds for eviction even if the law changes. So if you're a landlord out there, you got to get that in. All right. But you and I both know enforcement, okay, the, the tribunals right now are not very um, accepting of, of landlords kicking people out. In fact, it's very, very difficult. So does this become more a human rights issue? Does this become more a legal issue where you get the police involved? Or do you get stuck sitting, you know, sending them the necessary forms and try to get them through the tribunals? I think that, you know, there is a legitimate case to be made when a tenant sign something that says, I will not smoke marijuana, and then they smoke it. Tenants have been evicted when this is smoking cigarettes, right. when it has been proven that it's bothered other tenants or has damaged the place like a furnished apartment. There have been cases like yep. that. And I do believe that the board will have to, it'll be of course on a case by case basis, but if you bring in 10 tenants, you know, into the tribunal hearing saying, you know, this person is smoking and it's bothering all of us. Sure. You know what? I think that they would be very hard pressed yeah. to turn that down. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely, you and I'll have to talk in the fall when we start seeing some of these cases pop up. Um, so best way for people to contact you? Thank you. Uh, email is easiest. Mark, M-A-R-K at realestatelawyers.ca or uh, toll-free, 888-876-5529. Well, Mark, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Look forward to chatting with you in the future. And uh, folks, remember, you can reach Mark if you have any legal concerns. And when we come back, we'll have more. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this.
And welcome back to the show. So my next guest here in the studio with me is the mayor of Mississauga, and it is the Honorable Bonnie Crombie. And thank you so much, Madam Mayor, for joining me. Well, thanks for having me on today, Todd. Thank you. You know, it's uh, it's a real pleasure having you here. Um, I think most of my, my listeners know that I am a homegrown Mississauga boy, uh, always been a fan of Mississauga. You are have done a wonderful job, and I understand the, the election is coming around the corner soon, is I- October 22nd, and I registered on the first day, May 1st. Well, excellent. You know, and, and you know, not that I'm trying to sway voters your way, but you know what? Let's keep it, let's keep it going. Well, I think we need that steady hand at the at the wheel. So thank you very much, Todd. I've brought a lot of experience to this job, and I think people are generally quite happy with uh, our council and the decisions that we've taken and the direction we have gone. We're a very high-functioning council when you compare us to some of the others around town. So, you know, I am very proud of what we've achieved. Yeah, and and you know when we look at it, I think that uh, you've got some great plans for the future. Obviously, we're see- still seeing Mississauga grow. You know, now we're seeing a lot more infill when we talk about real estate. Um, we like to say that we're growing up, not yeah, growing out. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're kind of at, we're kind of we've hit that max on the on the growing out, and and that's one of the things I think that we can be so proud of. You know, uh, in Mississauga is that it's got such a well-rounded. You know, it's just not one hub. You've got so many, so many hubs, hubs that contribute. So many different different communities that come together and wonderful family entertainment. You bring the kids, there's something to do for everyone. Yeah. I'm just a little worried about the heat. It'll all be almost 40 degrees, I think, uh, on Canada Day. So, so is there bring cooling, water, by the way, is there cooling, cooling stations, of is course. There? Okay. Well, certainly our community center, yep. city hall, any city uh, facility will be open and air conditioned. Yeah. Splash pads, the splash pad at Celebration Square is always popular with the kids. Yeah, yeah and you know, one of the things I want to uh, you know, remind everybody, uh, lots of sunblock. And if you got a hat, wear it. And, and carry water, please, because yeah. you don't realize how dehydrating the sun is. Yeah. Well, sa- safety first, right? Safety first. Yeah, yeah. excellent. So it's going to be a great day. I can't wait. It's yeah. a, I'm going to be exhausted the next morning, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's talk about the rest of the year. Um, you know, the summer, you've got <laughs> lots of activities going on in Mississauga. What, what's happening? So let me talk about Mississauga and how we've really tried to brand ourselves as that festival city, because yeah. there's so much going Going on each and every year. Well, let's uh, let, let's start with there's uh, Port Credit. So much nightlife. It's a lot of restaurants, pubs, music scene. There are so many venues you can go in for live music. Yeah. Always fun. But when you look at Memorial Park down in Port Credit, we launched the summer with the uh, Waterfront Festival. Um, in the next week or two, we'll be hosting the new uh, Rotary Rib Fest has moved there just because they've grown so large. Yeah. We had to take them out of the city center. Sure. We have bus fast in port credit and then we'll close the summer off with um um, the South Side Shuffle, right. which is the jazz blues put on by Chuck Jackson and his group. Just fabulous weekends. But that's just in the South. The Streetsville area always has their Bread and Honey Festival and, yep. of course, the Canada Day. Many activities there as well. But when you come back to Celebration Square, that's the hub of the festivals. Sure. Every weekend you can celebrate with a different cultural group and celebrate with them. We've had Polish Heritage Day, Ukrainian Heritage Day. Some of the others that are coming up will be the Philippines 
Queen Kellyanne Festival, the Bollywood Monster Mashup, um, the Muslim Fest, the Latin Fest, South Asian Festival, and Ital Fest, Ferragusto, always popular, third week of August. <laughs> sure. um, but I wanted to say that we earned the Japanese festival. The Japan Festival used to be held in Young Dundas Square. Right. They moved it to Mississauga on a pilot basis a couple years ago, and we've attracted over 70,000 people wow. to come to the Japanese festival. So now we're the permanent home. So Excellent. you can see every weekend in Celebration Square, Mississauga, come and enjoy someone else's culture, their their food, their dance, their tradition, their music. Um, and I should say that that uh, is kicked off by the Karasaga Festival, right. which is the uh, North America's second largest multicultural festival, always held in the third week of May. Yep. So they have 32 pavilions in 10 different locations across our city and I've just get exhausted by too much uh, uh, great food and dance history culture yeah. for starting with Karasaga but then every weekend down at Celebration Square we get right into it each weekend so if you have nothing to do venture over to Celebration Square and you won't regret it it'll just be a fantastic Friday night or Saturday Wow you know what I, I love your energy and, <laughs> and how passionate you are about it um, you know a couple of things um, that we're, we're we're seeing, of course, you've got the Lakeview generating plant that is now um, looking at, you know, some fabulous development. Can you enlighten us a little bit about what's going on? Absolutely. If I can talk a little about about development in Mississauga generally. Sure. So um, we are reclaiming former industrial land, and that is the power plant down in Lakeview and the former oil re refinery, uh, the Imperial Oil Lands or the Texaco Lands, depending on yeah. how old you are, how far back you remember. <laughs> Texaco, um, yep. yeah, so those are now the West Village Partners and the Lakeview, the Lakeview uh, um, development. Um, and then along the Huron-Ontario corridor, I mean, when the provincial government announced full funding for the light rail, the LRT, our light rail train, 20 kilometers of track, 22 stops, it has really revitalized the Huron-Ontario corridor and, and the downtown of Mississauga because the train travels north from Port Credit, loops around the downtown and continues all the way to Brampton Shoppers World. So what we've seen is a revitalization of the Here Ontario corridor. Now our council, sorry, a little bit concerned about that, losing some of the affordable housing. So we have some strategies around that, but let's park that discussion for a second. In the downtown core, I have 22 towers breaking ground in the next five to 10 years. Wow. Can you believe it? And a lot of that is because of the price of real estate. Those developers have been sitting on the land is very expensive today. And because of the train looping around the downtown, sure. they actually have to have fewer parking places, offer fewer, lesser parking because people will take public transit they'll get on the train so yes we know the m city extremely successful development yep. 10 towers on 15 acres they gave two acres back to parkland gonna be beautiful but we have camrost and daniels and the solmar group so many others that are coming into the downtown another 12 towers on top of it so a, a lot of density coming into mississauga yep. but we have some zoning as well for commercial and em employment office office towers as well so we know the downtown will look very different we have a plan our downtown 21 plan we're really trying to create that livable walkable city everything bring everything down to scale we now have the living arts center where people can get great culture we have Sheridan College so we have a lot of youth and students in our downtown of course the very beautiful high-end um, square one mall that's completely revitalized now but we want to bring it down to scale so people can walk the streets downtown and that there are restaurants and pubs and cafes 
cafes and retail stores. It's just a place for the community to gather during the day and the evening as they head over to Celebration Square for festivals sure. on the weekends. Um, and, and so let's talk about also the Northwest, an area you're familiar with, Todd, mm-hmm. the Ninth Lines, where we've reclaimed land there as well. And we purchased land that was, uh, let's call it orphaned from Milton because right. of the building of the 407. Sure. So we're, we're creating the Ninth Line vision along with the community and that's been that's been now introduced at a public public planning meeting and the community is very excited about what will go on in the ninth line land so you can see all over mississauga we are growing we're building we're developing Uh, we have growth targets imposed on us by the provincial government so in greenfield and we have very little of that but certainly milton markham brampton do have a lot of greenfield and the target is 80 jobs or people per hectare and but where there are transit hubs it's a little more challenging. You have to build more densely. It's 200 sure. people or jobs per hectare. Right. So that's why you see uh, Lakeview and West Village if we go back to the south and the lakefront. And let me say that we have created these plans. There have been vision, inspiration Lakeview, inspiration Port Credit, along with the community. These are community-driven projects. You know, Jim Tovey, the cal- our former counselor who passed away, he led the charge at Lakeview to, for, for the demolishment of that power plant and led the charge with the vision that they had on what was industrial land, how to reclaim it to make a beautiful lakefront mixed-use community, a place where people can live, work, there's recreation, there's a cultural corridor, there's an innovation corridor, there'll be a center of excellence. It's just be an incredible place. And there'll be about 15,000 new units coming there, a lot of mix, so some low-rise, some mid-rise, and a few high-rise, but not a tremendous amount of density. That's not the way the community envisioned it. And then we look at the West Village Partners. That's the former um, Imperial Oil Lands, the Texaco Lands, Mississauga Road and Lakeshore on the southwest uh, side. 72 acres there as well. Lakeview, 167 is being developed. 67 acres back to the city for cultural and innovation. And uh, over at the other side, on the west side, the West Village Partners, 72 acres. Lakefront. So I ask you, where in the world... Where in the world are, are, is a community, is a city developing almost 250 acres of lakefront development? Yeah. Mixed-use community open for everyone to enjoy that's planned by the citizens, by the residents. They had their input into the vision, the entire process. Now, my nightmare, Todd, is that you know <laughs> down at Lakeshore, traffic gridlock on Lakeshore all the time. So once we add these uh, 56,000 people moving down in the next 10 to 15 years as these developments come on board and and we begin the big digs so the the, tra- the public transportation yep. I have to I have to plan for that it wasn't anywhere in our capital plans because both of these developments were accelerated we knew they were pending sure. but we didn't know what would happen today we always thought they'd be you know in the net within the next 10 years so yep. so now our, our council is challenged to come back and say we really need to um, to build in the public transit system at the same time these developments are being built and we have to you know, plan for that in our, co- our capital budget. 
Sure. So lots going on. I was going to say, wow, lots like, going so on. Much. Well, twenty-two towers in the downtown, fifty-six thousand people moving in. You know, fifteen thousand new units uh, yeah. in the in the south, yeah. and plus the ninth line lands and the revitalization of the Huron Ontario corridor. Mississauga is really happening. You know, yeah. it's a place where investment is being driven. People want to move to Mississauga. They want to invest in Mississauga. So it, there's a great balance of it's a great place to live and work and open a business, raise your family. So. It's just the ideal, ideal community. We, we're an edge city, but we really are a leading edge city. I don't know if you realize that we are now the sixth largest city in Canada. I did realize that. Yeah, and the yeah. third largest in Ontario. So yeah. Toronto, obviously, yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa, and then, and then Mississauga. Mississauga. Yeah. Yeah. I know we have almost 800,000 people. 88,000 jobs, 88,000, excuse me, businesses, or a half a million jobs, yep. uh, 1,400 multinationals, and we're very proud that we have uh, 73 Fortune 500 companies. So it's a place to be. There's a, over a billion dollars of permits that uh, yeah. came out last year. So. Excellent. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to say congratulations because, I, again, from an observer standpoint, um, you, you've done a wonderful job. And, you know, obviously with all these wonderful projects that we see in the future, that Mississauga is just going to continue to grow under your leadership. And oh, appreciate um, it. Mary Cromley, uh, uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Todd. Thanks it, for having it's me It's been today. a real pleasure. Uh, folks, that was the Honorable Mayor Bonnie Crombie joining me. And um, listen, that's it for this show this week. And I want to wish everybody a happy Canada Day. I want to thank Mark Wiseletter for joining me. I want to thank Andre for, well, he keeps it simple for me. And uh, to all of you. Uh, have a uh, happy and safe weekend, everybody. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. I'm back next Saturday at 3 p.m. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.